0: Ho ho ho. ho ho ho! What day is this? It's Blockbuster Film School Day. Three Santa
1: Claus, two Die Hard, and a Blockbuster Film School. Ho ho
0: ho! Oh ho, ho ho ho! If someone laughs like that in real life, that means they're a murderer. Welcome, everyone. We're back. It is time for the Blockbuster Film School. I'm Alex Bonner, joined as always. By the handsomest man in podcasting, Mr. Nicholas Souter. Yo-ho-rum. Oh, I
1: fucked it up. <laughs> I was trying to do this thing the whole night. I was going to make pirate jokes for some reason. You know, it's a pirate Christmas. It's a pirate Christmas. Or just this like, this man be high, says I. Arr.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was more well thought out than I had planned. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. You can have as many pirate references as you want during this. So far, I haven't made any. Just direct referencing to a failed botch plan. Ooh, that is also true.
1: That is also true. This is like Ocean's negative 11.
0: <laughs> ocean's two. Yeah. It's just two idiots. And ocean's
1: three. We are joined by always is right. as super producer Brian Tapps. Now, that's what I call a transition. Yeah. you that- think? I don't I, have to
0: make sense anymore. I just have to get the segues right. You are the best. You are one of the greatest men I've ever met in the history of the world. And so is Super Producer Brian Tepps. We are back with a vengeance. We are bringing you a vengeance-filled holiday. A holiday that maybe has spawned more movies than any other holiday. Certainly, maybe up there, Halloween and it rivaling. But in terms of the saccharineness the impact on American culture, there is no... Genre quite like the Christmas movie, and we're gonna do the Crimbus movie here at the Blackwood Film School. It is funny that a major
1: consumer driven holiday <laughs> is also second in line for films where you go and spend money and be in the theater. It's just followed beaten out only marginally by. Another commercial holiday. A commercial holiday (laughs) about eating candy. (laughs) And scaring people with costumes you bought from the
0: store. Hey, I get it. I mean, Christmas should thank who's in the head of it. That is true. I'm pretty sure Santa. Santa's in charge of Christmas Corporation. And he lives at the North Pole. You guys know he's real, right? Yeah, he invented capitalism. And I leave out milk and cookies for him just all the time. Just hoping he comes in my house and watching me while I'm asleep. Just watching me. He knows what I'm doing. Knows when I'm awake. Mm. That's what Santa does. That's my own personal Santa fantasy, everybody. Okay, we're going to do a little series of walls, right? We're going to do a little something. A little shucking and driving. So we have our regular Christmas blockbuster wall for you where we're going to give you three picks that we feel are our own personal beloved Christmas movies. And then we, of course, will have the dumpster Q sound effect. And then (laughs) we'll do a third wall, something just a little bit different. Some Christmas movies, a little bit outside of the box. Okay? That's what we're going to try. We're going to try it tonight. Nick, you ready? You think it's a good idea? Those are different answers. (laughs) (laughs) It's very true. That's fair. Either one. Either one. Let's just do it. Let's do it. Super producer Brian Taps, you ready? It's time for the Blockbuster Film School Wall! All right, we are going to have our Blockbuster Film School Wall with our favorite Christmas movies. Movies that you can watch with your family or by yourself. Just don't kill yourself. Remember to do drugs instead of killing yourself this holiday season. That's a little more you know from the Blockbuster Film School team. Nick! what is your first Christmas wall film?
1: See the problem with not listening to these episodes and being stoned is I don't remember the ones we've talked about before. I'm trying to rock it out, avoid films. I don't know if we've mentioned, okay, so this is gonna be a weird list. I like it,
0: but these are films that I enjoy and they yes. are kind of traditional. That's fair. I had the feeling we might not like all reference die hard over and over again, but you can, if you want Obviously, Die Hard is one of the greatest films of all time, but we talk about it a lot. Yeah. Everyone knows that. His shirt's in the Smithsonian. That, that is, is true. <laughs> it's true. Also, everyone does know that when you get off a plane, if you take off your shoes and ball your feet on the carpet, you will not die in a plane crash. That's a little bit of magic you learned at the beginning of Die Hard. Is that a M. Night Shyamalan movie I, <laughs> reference? You know what's crazy, though, is to think about, sorry, to talk about Die Hard at the beginning, but he, when he does get to his wife's office, he does take his shoes off and he does ball his feet on the carpet and goes, ball your feet on the carpet. All right. And guess what? He does not get murdered by terrorists. Yeah. That weird guy he met on the plane who looked like a car salesman angel was right.
1: You know the crazy bit is? Hmm. In the novel, that guy dies in a car accident (laughs) from the airport. (laughs) He gave his magic away. He did. Oh, see. Also, that it's a great piece of like, narrative setup because mm. he's just like on the thing and he's doing the toe thing. He's like Tarantino toes or whatever he says. Yeah. And that's the first time he talks to himself. Mm. And then that's him the rest of the movie. Cause he's alone until step
0: by step shows up. That is true. It's also family matters. Yes. Fuck. Don't worry. I knew what you were talking about. And also weirdly, it really, really worked in that movie, but it would be Bruce Willis's go-to comedic thing until they told him to stop. Yeah. Basically, right around Tarantino and M. Night Shyamalan being like, how would you just say the lines? No more talking to yourself. And he had a whole renaissance of his career yeah. instead of going, I mean, okay, well, I'm the last Boy Scout, you know? And oh boy, here we go. Let's never mention that again. Also a Christmas movie, kind of, because of Shane Black. Might be on a, a fail list. We'll find out. Nick, what is your first Christmas wall classic? Trapped in Paradise. Yeah. Yeah. It is so stupid
1: And it has (laughs) Parts of that movie Have been stuck in my head And my life Since it came out Every year Somebody gets Around Christmas Or just whenever Anybody in my family Buys a sweater Look at my fancy sweater (laughs) And then uh, It doesn't matter How I get lost But when I get lost I think of Nick Cage In the back seat Yelling at Dana Carvey Going Four lefts Is a circle you moron (laughs)
0: I am a huge fan of Trapped in Paradise. The snow
1: in that movie is instant mashed potatoes. Oh, that's a big thing.
0: That's that's in a lot of movies. A lot of weirdly, just a bit of inside baseball. If you don't know this already, a lot of the snow you see in movies, particularly pre-CGI, is just instant mashed potatoes that was put into like a wood chipper and sprayed everywhere. That's why it looks really sticky and you're like, Snow is sticky, but when you open the car door, it sort of falls. But in movies, it does not.
1: Yeah. Well, the fucked up part about this is that John Lavitz kept pouring boiling water from a tea kettle onto the mashed potatoes and then eating them right off the lawn.
0: <laughs> I would watch that. I would yeah. take, that's a blooper reel. Him just crying and eating mashed potatoes. This is a dating
1: dirt. video because it's <laughs> come out in the 90s. So people are doing video dating. But um, if people haven't seen this movie. Dana Carvey. Nicholas Cage and John Lovitz play New York Brothers. Nick Cage is a straight man in this. He picks these two goofy assholes from jail. (laughs) And then they go to a small town because they convince them the cops are after them to hide (laughs) out. And then they rob a bank on Christmas Eve from this Hallmark commercial version of People. Yes. And the guy from The Thing. He's tied to the couch.
0: That is true. Also, the cop who's after him is Jenkins, the dad from Step Brothers.
1: Oh, yeah. He's the good cop. The dumb cop, the sheriff in town, Mm -hmm. is the partner from um, Beverly Hills Cop.
0: Also, it came out in 1994, for people who don't know, and it was directed by a guy named George Gallo, who, when I'm going through his IMDb, he wrote a lot of movies. He wrote the Michael Bay Bad Boys. He wrote Midnight Run. He wrote Bad Boys for Life, came back. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite part of Draft in Paradise? Favorite part is actually when they robbed the bank because
1: the bank manager is across the street with the keys. He takes a hostage across the street and tries to get the attention of the bank manager. And then he flips out Nicholas Cage style. It's like, all right, this is a bank robbery. And they're like, you're in a restaurant. So he takes everybody from the restaurant across the street into the bank <laughs> as hostages. Single file. Which is very middle America. They're like, what else do I have going on? This is the slowest bank robbery In movie history, that's not like a hostage movie. (laughs) Like this isn't Dog Day Afternoon or Inside Man. This is just Nicolas
0: Cage kidnapping 30 people having breakfast. It's also definitely one of those ones that came out in the 90s because if you made this movie now, one person very quietly inside of their pocket text 911 on their cell phone yeah. and all of the police show up. Oh, I have to go to a pay phone and call somebody while they Nicholas cage is forcing me to go across the street. Like that conceit yeah. may not work, but it's Christmas magic. How, does that, how does that movie end? John Lovis gets shot to death by the cop suicide by cop. No, they escape on a boat
1: and then a shark eats Dana Carvey. That makes a lot of sense.
0: Spoiler alert. Yeah
1: he comes out of the water and John Lovitz is like, you're going to need a bigger Christmas tree. You, so I'm cue the rim shot. <laughs> this is also my last thing I'm, I'm recording ever. So good <laughs> no, night, everybody. Awesome. I'm sorry. I was, I'm sorry. No, 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 I, I as it came out of my mouth. The rim shot joke. <laughs> no, leave that in.
0: <laughs> I am a big fan of that. I appreciate that. That's your number three on the wall. I don't know. Yeah. That can't it. be number one. In okay. All right. It's number three on the wall. It's number three on the wall. We're going to keep this moving, I'm going to move ahead with mine. My number 3 is of course Fred Claus 2. No, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. That's a hilarious joke. Also hit the rim shot here now. So, uh, I don't think I've ever seen Fred Claus 2 where a studio executive just hands Vince Vaughn a check and then he just sits down in a chair for 2 hours and then he just drinks coffee and scrolls through his phone. He just has the check and he folds it up and puts it in his pocket and then just after 2 hours the movie just ends. Sounds like C-SPAN footage of <laughs>
1: Vince Vaughn's life. <laughs> no, for real. Is there a Fred Claus 2? Oh, yeah. No way. Yeah. There's not a three, though. I'll no. That way. He's in a lot of terrible Christmas yeah. movies.
0: Is this the one with Paul Giamatti as Santa? That sounds right. Okay. So, I, and then Paul Giamatti dies, and then he gives his, like, Santa powers over to his weird brother who doesn't even really know that I he's I think he brother. fakes his death though
1: because I saw I've never seen this movie. I saw the ending of this in a bar. Right. It was happy hour so I was trashed.
0: Yes. But I think he faked his death. Yes. And then Vince Vaughn killed Kennedy. That's right. And then one of the reindeers brings him some like magic dust. Mm-hmm. And he snorts it and then he becomes Santa Claus. Mm. I think is what that movie's about. My number three is the John Favreau classic I still enjoy it very much. It's a movie called Elf, and it's one of the very first Will Ferrell movies after he left SNL. And even when I saw the poster, as was like a teenager, and I was like, I don't know, I don't know about this movie. And then I saw it in the theater, and I kind of, when I came out, said to myself, I think that was one of the coolest movies I've ever seen. <laughs> it's funny and genuinely heartfelt and I don't even hate that Zoe Deschanel is singing in it. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> don't ever. Let's <laughs> not get ahead of us. It all sort of worked. It really did. I was very impressed. The effects, a lot of them are practical effects. The stuff to make it look like he's much bigger or smaller. And Bob Newhart it I is I was
1: literally about to say Bob Newhart. <laughs> I like Will Ferrell in other movies more than this. Yes. But I know this is his best movie. Him as a performer. That's very possible. He is a Christmas, literal Christmas classic (laughs) to millions of people. Him sitting on Bob Newhart. It's so true. And every once in a while, somebody like, how was your day? I was like, oh, I saw a dog today. (laughs) So I got
0: that going. (laughs) James Kahn's in it. James Kahn and he's his dad. He's his father. It has a weird godfather trope to it. It launched Favreau. This is my own extrapolation but Favreau is one of the big czars of Marvel with Marvel's Renaissance and then Star Wars is Renaissance with the Mandalorian. There's still an element of elf in there that it's fun, but not stupid, a little bit jaded. It's exciting and actiony, but not over the top. Everything kind of works. Everything pieces together. It's a real Testament to how good a filmmaker John Favreau is. And I think it, Honestly, it has become this mega classic that if you're sad on Christmas, you should watch Elf. It's very good. It's absurdly good. It's
1: um, Christmas magic realism. Yes. Everything is the same. There's just this one guy who's just the
0: <laughs> Weird, dumbest person weirdest ever. Weirdest fu- <laughs> And he's in the one city where you can be the yeah, weirdest person exactly. ever.
1: I'm surprised he didn't wind up like in the House of Representatives for New York.
0: <laughs> like Wiener. He's shown his dong. So it's just a candy cane. It's fine. It's harmless. The only thing that was a little weird was there's a kind of Hollywood romantic relationship between him and Zoe Deschanel. And I was like, he's like a child. This is
1: secretly (laughs) the sequel
0: to Big. (laughs) Yeah. A weird scene in that one, too, where even though he is Tom Hanks, he did have sex with like a 40-year-old lady. The most surprising (laughs) thing about
1: Elf, though, is the...
0: CGI Robert Loja. Oh, yeah. It just comes out of nowhere. And he just slides on the keyboard that's on the floor, and F.A.O. Schwartz, that's returns for some reason. A trope that's going to happen in a lot of these Christmas movies is that department stores are a real thing that still exists, which kind of bums me out, because I know they kind of do still exist, but do they in this way? I don't know. But Elf is great. Any other Elf thoughts, Nick? No. (laughs) What's your number two? What's your number two on the, the best of *Crimbis* list? My phone fell on the floor, and I don't want to get it. because okay. I don't want to move the
1: microphone. That's fair. You're so a professional. I'm, no, 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 no. Did I'm you- <laughs> going to go with the Eyes Wide Shut.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> I have not seen this movie in a while. There's something about this movie when I watch it, I don't even know if I like it. I just accept what's happening because I love to look at it. Yeah. The older I get, the more I love the look of this movie. When mm-hmm. it came out, everybody was like, this is obviously London. This is not New York. And the older I get, I think that's the point. It's New York, but it's not. And also it looks better with age. It's sort yeah. of like bringing out the dead. When you rewatch Bring out the dead now, it's like, holy shit. Yeah. I wish that was the New York.
0: Mm. And the, a lot of people have copied it since. Yeah, exactly. At the time it was so jarring. I saw eyes wide shut in the theater. Cause I was such a dork, like for movies and Stanley Kubrick and, it was the one time in my life where I was going to get to see a Kubrick movie in the movie theater. So I had to do it of a new one that came out and it was the last one. And I remember seeing it and I think we've talked about it before on the show. And just every time I watch it, something else makes sense in it. You know, when I was a kid, it just was this really wild movie where even just a Christmas scene where the ballroom's full of Christmas lights Looks nuts. Yeah. And Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise and just everybody in that movie is so interesting and different than they usually are in movies. And it is such a cool, weird final Kubrick to do a Christmas sexual noir that – As you get older, you begin to realize all these like dynamics between people and their relationships and how they begin to fall apart or how they get stronger because of fails and trust that then are reconnected. And also, I swear to God, that scene where his weird jazz buddy tells him about the sex club is still one of the spookier scenes in any movie. And it's just two guys talking. Most of this movie is
1: just two people Mm. talking at a time and then an orgy. But like- (laughs) Orgy. Orgy. (laughs) It's like simple shots and Mm -hmm. simple setups. And the idea is simple. Like this guy finds out that Nicole Kidman doesn't believe in Scientology. So he goes (laughs) wandering the streets alone and just like the world comes out at him and he's, he's-
0: This is what's happening. Lili Swabieski is there. Yeah. And fucking, uh, who's the director he talks to at the end? I know. I knew you were going to ask me this, which also was a different actor who he That was
1: originally Harvey Keitel. Yes. Sidney Pollack. Was it Sidney Pollack? Yeah. Yeah, I think you might be right. I fucking hate Harvey Keitel. I know you do. He is not a good actor. I like him in the things that he's good in, Yeah. but most of the other time, he's like, hey, I'm Harvey
0: Keitel. If you get I, one of those directors like Tarantino who makes people who are not good at acting seem good at acting because yeah. he's Tarantino, then he's the wolf. He's like, say, exactly like this. I'm so glad you picked that as one of your.
1: I didn't like it as much when it came out. Interesting. It, it gets better, like yeah. uh, fine
0: wine or – Fine cheese. Mushrooms you leave in a freezer. That's true. Weed. Weed. You find it like three years later, like, this isn't going to be potent. Next thing like, you know, you Jesus Christ. you're quitting your job because you can't go in. <laughs> it's bizarre. No, I agree with that. I think there's an element of we were different ages when we saw it. But of the Kubrick movies, I think it's aged. I'm not going to say the best, but it's aged in a way where it went for the, the same age. I know, but what I'm saying is that when we saw it as kids, Right. Oh, we were different ages we are now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that, you know, when The Shining came out, it was a phenomenon, you know, and when 2001 came out, it was a phenomenon. But this came out, it was a success. But people were like, what the fuck is this movie? And as cinema has changed, as TV has changed, more of the world and more of the art seems more like Eyes Wide Shut than it doesn't. is, I don't know, my take on it. But any other takes? God bless Nicole Kidman. That's true. Everybody's wearing a plague mask in it, so kind of. Yeah, a, call that one. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's sexy wearing a plague mask. Also, he died, if most people know this, he made it, he finished it, and then he died before it came out, and they like, CGI'd a bunch of people in, so you couldn't see like some of the sex scenes. And I've always wondered if that would ever come back and they would get rid of that, but I don't know. It always was jarring to me too, because you could very clearly tell it's like all this looks like a Kubrick movie, except for there's a random guy standing in front of these two people having sex, because he was not there to be like, "Oh, you don't touch my movie, I'm yeah. Stanley fucking Kubrick."
1: It's in his contract; they can't edit his movies. they like, right. like, "It uh, doesn't say we can't George Lucas." Exactly. Ebert called it the um, Austin Powers effect. Because there's just people standing in front of nudity and yes. sex.
0: Yes, that is exactly what happens. It's Austin Powers. And also the sexies are so tame. Like, in a lot of ways, people were like, it's so sexy. And I'm like, yeah, it is. But the sexiest scene is just Nicole Kidman, like, prowling around in her underwear, kind of talking shit to Tom Cruise. <laughs> and it's my favorite scene in history. <laughs> it's pretty great. And it's way sexier than anything that actually has sex going on in it. The sexiest thing about Eyes Wide Shut is the lighting. Oh, absolutely. And the set design. And I'll give Tom Cruise, man. He's so crazy and weird and electric in it, as always. I mean, he's such a weird ball, but, man, is this fucking shit good? All right. I'm going to go to my number two. My number two is a movie. It is a John Landis film called Trading Places. Nice. Yeah. In which, at one point, one of the Ghostbusters is so drunk and angry, he's dressed up like Santa Claus. And he pulls an actual piece of meat that he stole from a party out of his beard and eats it while he's hammered and has a gun. It's amazing. It reminds me of family. (laughs) It's one of the best constructed comedies of all time. It still stands up. Eddie Murphy, in my opinion, it's right there with Beverly Hills Cop of his best, funniest performance.
1: 80s Eddie Murphy is like a different person. Yes, I agree. So was 80s John Landis. Yeah, everybody, 80s Ackroyd. Ackroyd cracked the soonest. <laughs> and he went the hardest. He did. And he's driving around yelling things out his window about 9-11 and aliens.
0: <laughs> if you don't know the plot to Trading Places and would like to see it, it is truly the prince and the Popper, but from an 80s Reaganistic viewpoint in which some rich assholes decide as a joke, as a game to ruin one of their golden boys played by Ackroyd and then just find a random homeless man and bring him up and prove that anyone could be an employee at the highest levels for them, if given the opportunity. And then they'll ruin both of them as a joke. (laughs) And it doesn't go that way, exactly. There's a bunch of weird, interesting characters, and it turns out that both Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy are more capable than you think they are. And it's a wild story about capitalism in America at the time, about greed, about mayhem, about who your friends actually are, about the spirit of Christmas, really. Like, and that consumerism is not really what's important in life. And it's also funny as shit. And yeah, it is. And dark and weird. <laughs> Super dark. <laughs> These are fucking billionaires
1: literally shaping the future of two people's lives, or so they think. And their entire bet is for $1. Yeah. Just a- Pieces of
0: shit. True. True. I want to take Elon Musk and just- smi- I guarantee he pits them in a cage fight against each other. Yeah. That's a more regal way of- <laughs> As you were saying, there are quotes that I just say that I know no one knows. The part where Eddie Murphy is told that this is his house now and he grabs a vase. He's like, so I can do some metal lark Lemon shit with this. And he just starts tossing it back and forth and then drops it. And they're like, this is your vase. You can destroy it if you like. It's such a funny, insane movie. It's so well written. I understand there is a part where Dan Aykroyd is in blackface, but to the caveat, It is a joke. It is completely insane. It's meant to be stupid. Also, we haven't mentioned that Jamie Lee Curtis is in it and possibly. It's her first movie that's not a horror film. That's true. She's amazing in it. She's super funny in it. And also, possibly looks hotter in it than other human beings have ever looked in any other movie made by people. That checks out. (laughs) It's crazy. As a kid, I was like, what is happening? As a kid, I was told to go in the other room for a couple of minutes. <laughs> I could not believe what I was seeing. I had seen Nudity in films, and then I saw that movie, and I said to myself, I'm in the wrong business being yeah. a child. I need to make movies. <laughs> this is also, I think
1: this is the first movie where we actually were watching it. My parents were like, oh, go in the other room, go in the other room, because they were never going to fast forward it. Yeah. They were just like, no, no, we want to see this <laughs> shit. Go over there. And then I would walk over, and I'm like, All right, so that was 45 minutes into the movie. So when they go to bed, (laughs) it's going to fast forward 44 minutes. I would just watch the whole movie again because I love
0: the thing. Oh, yeah, I would do that later. Yes, that's true. They're not even sex scenes. They're just nudity scenes. Yeah. Which is a very 80s thing to have, but it's still great. I love it. Uh, Any other Trading Places takes? The guy who's in it from Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. Oh, yeah, who's the butler? Marcus. Yes. Amazing. There's a whole bunch of people who are in this kind of side cast. The guys who are the rich assholes are some of the funnier, weirder character actors running around. Don Amici, I believe is. Oh yeah. Right. Like, so if you're of like an age where you don't know what eighties comedies are good, which one to actually watch, which one is really electric trading places (laughs) is still funny as fuck and is awesome. And this is a great Christmas movie. It really is. It's about the, the it's about power hope that you can fuck people over who fucking fucked you. Exactly. And that truly looking out for people and being friends with them defies all of this BS of like capitalism. It the good guys went. It's great. It's basically I what I said. Yes, exactly what you said. <laughs> Except with words. <laughs> Nicholas, what is your number one Christmas movie on your Christmas wall of the good stuff? There's my actual number one and the one I'm picking for the show.
1: Ooh, I like it. My actual number one that I've mentioned too many fucking times on this, and I don't want to go into it again while you're sleeping. Love it. My sister and I watched this in fucking July. It's great. This year. It's a fun movie. She saw it at like one of those discount video places for $3. She goes, oh, yeah, I'll buy this again. Peter Gallagher's eyebrows have their own character arc. Yeah, but uh, also there's just a theme in there where it's like, I'll never forget this my entire life. The old lady, the grandma goes, I'm not drinking anymore. And he goes, oh. She goes, I'm not drinking any less either. And then puts out her glass. <laughs> Solid. The movie I'm going to go with, though, Edward Scissorhands.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: It's
0: our boy, Mr. Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Surprising. Like, 19- I'm surprised.
1: 1991, I believe, something like that. 1991, Johnny Depp as the world's saddest barber. God, yeah. Winona Ryder. Being Winona
0: Ryder. Creates emo Mm. in his own moments. Creates Hot Topic. That's great. I love that movie as well. I love it a lot, actually. I think it has a great, almost supernatural element to it. Like those early Tim Burton movies, where it's something beyond cinema. It doesn't make sense that it's that interesting. It bums me out that Tim Burton's movies, even if you think they're good now, they're more mainstream and more directly connected into Hollywood. whereas. Man, those first, like, Pee Wee, Beetlejuice, Batman, Edward Scissorhands, they all seem like they're from another dimension, you know? Like they're from another world. It's mind-boggling. It's a different universe.
1: Yeah. It's its like being in a comic book of somebody's dream. It makes no sense. There's this feeling, especially in this one, where it feels like giant sets. hmm but the fact that they feel like giant sets makes them even more surreal. Mm. And there's this weird gothic atmosphere that just, even though they're in that fucking suburb and it's super bright <laughs> and it's neon colors, it feels dark the whole time. And yeah. then when the movie ends at night and it's super dark and creepy. It looks exactly the same. Yeah. It doesn't look any fucking different because it's been that dark the whole time. It has. And then Anthony Michael Hall is the bad guy. (laughs) Vincent Price is the loneliest old man in the world. (laughs) If you're calling about the missing, press one. Also, the mom is, uh, what's her name? She's amazing. And I think Alan Alda's the dad. Yeah. And Winona Ryder. Yeah. I mean, perfect. Winona Ryder in. Max, idyllic, Winona writer mode. And you have a Johnny Depp, Tim Burton collaboration back before it turned into, all right, now, Johnny, you're going to stand in front of
0: this screen. And-, <laughs> and pretend these Oompa Loompas are here. Diane Weist, Diane Weist, she's yes. amazing. I love her as well. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Alan Arkin is Bill. And it has a lot of his old crew, too, of Farrell and a bunch of these weird character actors. I Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, It's like the
1: beginning of Batman Returns, just mm. that part, is this entire movie. <laughs> Batman Returns, also a Christmas it movie. It is a great Christmas movie, yeah. <laughs> great. That's an interesting. No. It's definitely interesting. I'll say that. Because it gets dark at 4 o'clock or 4.30 or whatever. Right. It is a sad, weird place here in Chicago. Yeah. So that's what I think of when I think of Christmas. <laughs> I think of weird... 80s darkness roaming around the south side.
0: There's also a time me and Needles and you watched Batman Returns recently. Fucking and so bad. It's, it is so bad. It's rough. And it was after we did our Batman episode. We were and like, we were like, we need to go Returns back. It's is good, right? It's good. Yeah. Because we were like we either 10 seen this
1: in 10 years or 15 <laughs> years. So this is the official revision of our uh, Batman episode. Yeah. It gets
0: lower. Batman Returns is not great.
1: But Edward Scissorhands. Edward is, Scissorhands is a masterpiece. It really does stand it's up. It's so good. There are Italian men crying about it on Seinfeld.
0: You're absolutely right. It is such a classic. It just feels like a fairy tale. It feels like truly movie magic, not just faux movie magic where everyone believes. You see CGI now. It's good. It looks good. But everything is practical. Everything is all of these matted, beautifully drawn sets, if they're sets. And like you said, him knowing all these wild ideas for places to shoot suburban California that look like the 50s that are super bright and happy, and it's wild. It's great. Yeah. What's your number one? My number one. Do it. Shoot the J. Your name is Thurman Merman. Jesus Christ, kid, you're going to have to fucking do something about that. I love Bad Santa. I love that he has sex in the hot tub with a Gilmore girl. I love that there are criminals that he's forced to like Christmas. He's literally forced by the power of Christmas to have a family and give a shit about people to go back against his own history of darkness to become Santa Claus. I fucking love Bad Santa R.I.P. John Ritter I R.I.P. Bernie Mac R.I.P. Bernie Mac It is
1: still Is Cloris Leachman alive? I don't know R.I.P. Cloris Leachman is probably Is guy
0: who's a little person who's his buddy? I don't, uh, he's
1: alive He's alive, good, okay I think his name is Tony Yes Zwick, right? Directed? No uh, Zwickoff?
0: Terry Terry Zwigoff. Yes Yes,
1: yes Uh, Ghost World and Art House Confidential True All those Megadeth videos Totally It's a fucking hilarious movie I beat up some kids today (laughs) Made me feel good
0: (laughs) He beats up children They deserved it though Fuck those kids It has crazy weird phrases in it too Some of the writing in it (laughs) That weird guy from Office Space Tries to molest him in the parking lot Oh that's so fucked up He's like you are as queer as a $3 bill I was like Why do I remember this? I don't Everything that Bernie Mac says
1: to John Ritter is obscene. He's just there to upset John
0: Ritter. Yes. It's amazing. (laughs) It's mall culture, which you know I like. Oh, yeah. And that's your uh, neck tattoo. It just says my knuckles. It just says mall cult. Uh, (laughs) Listen, if you haven't seen Bad Santa and you don't like movies, that's fine. But man, Bad Santa is just really well executed. The writing is really good, and what I love is the tightrope of it, the way it is where it's this super R-rated, super like gross, violent, weird movie. It could fly off the handle and be bad at any moment, and it doesn't. No. It, It perfectly tilts. What it is is the white trash
1: version of It's a Wonderful Life. Where he just. By the way, this is when Billy Bob Thornton was great. Oh my God! Decides might be his best movie. Yeah, he's just a drunk who's (laughs) gonna like leaving Las Vegas himself during Christmas. Yes, doesn't give a shit. Life means nothing, and then through the power of some fat kid and. Some Laura Graham. Laura Graham. Oh, My God. I'd want to live if I ever met Lauren Graham. I agree. Uh, he switches it all around, becomes the hero. He doesn't turn into an angel, but he turns into a real Santa Claus.
0: Yeah. And, and a then dad he, kind of. It's, yeah. He becomes the decent dude he was meant to be, who also is still a white a, trash a, piece, a piece of shit. shit. <laughs> He's bad Santa, yeah. man. The sequel was a big shoulder shrug. Once again, I think, and that one. I, you saw Billy Bob Thornton take a check and he put it in his pocket and then he sat down and he smoked a cigarette and sort of flipped through his phone for, and then credits. Yeah. It was- the sequel was actually a weird remake of my dinner with Andre.
1: <laughs> Sophie's choice. Sophie's choice. I saw the sequel. I knew it was gonna be terrible. I saw the sequel opening weekend. I honestly forgot it
0: exists until right now. <laughs> And could not tell you a goddamn thing about I it. I also saw it in the theater. Yeah. and don't really remember anything. I just kind of, and I knew maybe it was going to be bad. Because also, as I said, that element where Bad Santa is such a tightrope. It could be stupid. It could not work. It could be offensive. It could be a failure. And it just doesn't. Sandwiches? Sandwiches? What is it with you, it! and sandwiches? The, <laughs> the bizarreness of it that you feel bad for this kid. But the kid also has a weird resilience to him that the more tough Billy Bob Thornton does not have. It's so bizarre. The kid is too dumb to get hurt. (laughs) Billy Bob Thornton. He's like pure good. Yeah. And even a guy who has been jaded and turned bad, when he meets pure good, he has to protect him and be good to him. Because he's not evil. He's Lenny. And then this guy's the other guy. Gary Sinise. Oh man, the Tony Cox stuff too Just Stuff I can't even repeat No, (laughs) The interchanges between Tony Cox and Bernie Mac Are also absurdly hilarious and insane Yeah, that's my number one I think it might be time though I think it might be time for a thing called The Blockbuster Film School Christmas Dumpster Cue dumpster sound with Christmas effects Eh, eh, Jingle bell All right, so that Nicholas. went exactly how I thought it would. That, yes. It was the level of production value usually here at the Vlogmas Film School. Also, I do have to say, as you did just real quick, that like movies like I Love White Christmas and Home Alone and Scrooged and stuff, I just think we referenced them a lot. And I thought I'd give them a shout. But I think it's time for the dumpster. And Nick, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. What you got on your dumpster?
1: Um... First one is a movie that came out last year. Ooh. It's got a lot of people in it that I liked,
0: interesting,
1: or still like Tenant. I told you never <laughs> to bring that up around me. Uh, I was so high when I saw Tenant. I was like, "Oh my god, this doesn't make any sense." <laughs> and then I got, I saw it when I didn't eat homemade edibles, and I was like, "Ah, fuck, the weed made it better."
0: <laughs> it still doesn't make sense. It doesn't make
1: any sense. I know. But I picked Happiest Season, which is You saw this? It took me three weeks to watch it. Oof. It is on Hulu. It was directed by Clea Duvall. It's a lesbian Christmas movie. <laughs> and they I- fit in all the terrible lesbian tropes from all the movies, and then just decide it's Christmas and decide that Mackenzie Davis is the world's biggest asshole. Interesting. She's they- the least likable character. <laughs> In a lot of films I've seen in the last few years, I love her. I love, I don't love, but I like, uh, fuck it. I'm a Kristen Sewer fan. I like Case too a lot. Yeah, she's great. I really want to see her as
0: Princess Di. Princess Die, Di- Lady Di. Di- yeah.
1: yeah, this movie had nothing going for it. It was terrible. I know. The best part of the movie are Aubrey Plaza and Dan Levy, which you know they only got in so that there was somebody in the movie you gave
0: a fuck about. They possibly paid them to both be in it and punch it up. Did it seem like their characters were inserted later? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It felt (laughs) like their characters were not comedians who write their own shit. It's something I should say. It's like what really is here at Blockbuster Film School, like what makes a good Christmas movie, right? And no matter whether it's like a Christmas action movie or a Christmas horror movie or a Christmas feel-good movie, I feel like it has to be a little fun and a little emotionally touching, I suppose. You know? And as wide shot is not emotionally touching. As I get older and watch it, it most certainly is. Actually, watching like how relationships dissolve or get stronger because they almost dissolved, and then you realize that you're both fucking weird perverts, like this kind of stuff. I think there is, but it's not emotionally touching in the usual Christmas way. I agree with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> you need to like at least one of the
1: protagonists. Yes. You can't have one person who's just like, bah, 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 and the other person
0: is just standing there going, bah. it's terrible. None of them's doing anything. No. Christmas movies hinge desperately on whether you like the main characters. If you don't like the main characters, you don't give a shit whether they are involved in Christmas. Yeah. It takes me to my pick. Okay. If you will. It's a movie called Jack Frost. Not the horror movie called Jack Frost, but also a horror movie called Jack Frost starring the original Batman, Michael Keaton, which he wasn't even supposed to be in it. He just did it for money. It was supposed to be George Clooney who dropped out at the last second. That's why the snowman looks like him. But it is about a deadbeat dad who dies and then comes back to haunt his kid as a snowman. And the kid doesn't even react to it. Kid does not learn anything. It's one of the more upsetting things I've ever seen in my entire life. I think I'm going to put that out there.
1: I'm not upset by any of that, to be honest with you. I hate this fucking movie. (laughs) What upsets me the most is that Henry Rollins is in it and Mm. he plays a hockey coach. I don't want to see Henry Rollins in a movie unless Al Pacino is throwing him through a glass door. (laughs) I hate Henry Rollins the way people hate People from Fox News. And you know what? I'm sorry to Henry Rollins. Hey. He does not deserve this. He does not. It's just how you feel. He's a cool guy now who literally will go on wing shows and be like, no, please hire me. I have no work. (laughs) I respect that. And it's (laughs) a type of desperation that you have to respect. But I saw Johnny Mnonek. I saw The Chase. And I saw Jack Frost. And I also have heard Black Flag. So- I realize I'm going on a weird tangent. No, I'm fine with it. I hate this fucking movie. I hate
0: Henry Rollins, and I hate Christmas because of it. I love you. This is amazing. I don't think I could say it better, honestly. The kid is one of the more annoying kids. I'm sorry, whoever you are, kid. He is one of the more annoying kids in the history of Hollywood in the movie. His dad, his dead dad, comes back as a snowman. He acts as though someone had, like, handed him, like, a Nerf gun, you know? He's like, oh, cool. And he walks around yeah. with a Nerf gun. That's about the level of, oh, wow. And every time they set up anything, it's like, his dad was a big musician, right? And then he died, quote, unquote, big musician. Uh, he played a, oh, God, the beginning of that thing in which Michael Keaton's band plays a song where it's Frosty the Snowman, but like a blues version. If that was happening in a bar, I would scream at the stage about how they sucked. If that
1: happened at a bar I was at, I'd be like, am I in a Lethal Weapon movie? <laughs>
0: it's that guy? Holy shit! Okay, I'm sorry, Joseph Cross. Well, I'll say this about Joseph Cross: he became a better actor as an adult. He did. He still looks like that kid. It's. I'm sure he doesn't. Weird. I could almost definitively say this: I liked Joseph Cross in Manhunter, Mindhunter. Excuse me. I liked him in Liquor's Pizza. I think he's a cool character actor who looks like a hobbit, but. I don't think he puts Jack Frost on his business card.
1: No. I I want to say one last thing. Yeah. Michael Keaton was on, and I'm going to say this, the Dennis Miller show, Mm. Dennis Miller live on HBO, whatever the fuck it was called. And he came on, keep in mind, this came out a year after he was in Jackie fucking Brown. Yeah. He comes on and uh, he's super funny. Super cool. He's just rocking a white t-shirt with a leather jacket. He looks like his character from Jackie Brown. And, yeah. He explains the movie to Dennis Miller and he goes, "Wow, man, it's kind of dark." He goes, "Yeah, messed up, isn't it?" All right, whatever. Roll the clip. <laughs> like he's just, he was not going to lie about that movie being good.
0: I think that's what I love about Michael Keaton though is that he started as like a stand-up comedian and then became one of the greatest actors in America and he has this vibe about him when he's just being Michael Keaton that he does not care to a level of intriguing behavior that one of our greatest film directors literally made a movie about it called Birdman. Yeah. <laughs> that he's such an intriguing actor and character that they made a movie about it is fascinating. But Jack Frost is not that. My no. only thing I will say about Jack Frost, the only real fun I ever had with Jack Frost was that when I worked at Blockbuster was around the time where there were DVD copies of the horror film called Jack Frost that had a holographic snowman on it. And occasionally Someone who very clearly looked like a suburban mom or dad would come back in and they'd be like, this is not a kid's movie. And they'd bring the DVD up to the thing. And I'm assuming they rented the horror movie version in which a snowman at one point rapes a woman with his carrot nose that happens in that movie. That's how good that movie is. And they would be like, this movie's not for kids. And then I would usually say the other one isn't either. And they were like, I'm talking about the one with Michael Keaton. I'm like, I am as well. That is also a bad movie and you shouldn't show them to your kids. You are a bad parent. They are both trash. They are garbage. And do not call your movie Jack Frost is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's a dumpster. Nick, what is your second Christmas dimpster fire here on the Yuletide? I'm
1: going to go with a movie I didn't ever finish watching. Uh Uh-oh. Four Christmases.
0: (laughs) That's the one where the four brothers come back together because John Singletary said they would, and one of them is Mark Wahlberg. That's a John Singleton. John Singleton. Yeah. Isn't John Singletary a football player? Several Singletaries, but not John.
1: (laughs) Anyway, I don't like Vince Vaughn. (laughs) I don't like, like Vince Vaughn. He's entertaining before old school. Yes. Like old school. He's still entertaining. I think he's very funny in that movie. He's very funny. After that, he just became the guy doing a Vince Vaughn impression. (laughs) It's kind of like Pink Floyd after Roger Waters left. It's Mm -hmm. like, I don't, I don't care. Interesting. It all sounds the same. Careful, he might show up. Vince
0: Vaughn? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, come on in. (laughs) He like doesn't fit through the door. That's right, tall people. Eat that. Also, that movie is trash. Four Christmases, I tried to watch it and all I was going to say is that Justin Long's impression of Vince Vaughn is one of the great impressions. Just check out Justin Long doing impressions of Vince Vaughn. He kind of does a thing. that I don't know. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's amazing. What is Four Christmases about, Nick? Vince Vaughn and I
1: – is it really Reese Witherspoon? Mm-hmm. Both of their parents are divorced, yeah. and they all live in separate places, so they try – to go to all four houses. do they end up like having sex with like each other's brother and sister or something? No, like No, that? that's a family affair. Uh. That's the other. That's,
0: <laughs> that's the
1: movie with Claire Danes and like Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes, or shit. And,
0: uh, Diane and Annie Keen. Hall. Yeah. yeah. And Craig T. Nelson's the dad. I strangely enjoyed that movie because each oh, time I, I thought movie. it would. Oh, no, it's terrible. Yeah. But I would put it in one of those categories of I sat there and as it was happening, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. It's, wait, what? Yeah. Then he has and, sex with her mom? And everyone's just cool about it.
1: <laughs> no, nobody has sex with the mom. Craig Nelson has sex with the mom. Ah, bummer. <laughs> I think you're thinking of the one with no, Kevin I- Costner, where he bangs Jennifer Aniston and Shirley MacLaine.
0: Holy shit, that is another one. Yeah. I'm literally confusing those two movies. I, like, smooshed them together into one movie in my brain. Well, they're both crap. You know what I saw Four Christmases? was it was on at a bar silent and I was hanging out with some people who I'm not going to be like a jerk. I just wasn't really listening to their conversation and I just started kind of watching it and started piecing together what was going on and even silently, I said to myself, this is not interesting. This is very unamusing,
1: uninteresting. I couldn't sleep because I was woken up by a beagle one year. I was staying at my parents' house and it's their beagle. They didn't just show up. It was like a (laughs) come down the chimney. It's like a Christmas beagle. It's a Christmas beagle to up. hollish your dumbass. no it was on IFC which if people are old they know that used to stand for the independent film channel uh. and now they just show inception and four Christmases every day I was so upset watching that movie because it was so stupid the only part I remember is Vince Vaughn and John Favreau because he's brother is training to be, or her brother, who gives a who shit, gives a is training to be a UFC fighter.
0: Oh, yeah. So it's I, just an excuse for them to fight. Yes. Weirdly, I think Jon Favreau is one of the most talented people in Hollywood, in the history of Hollywood. He's unbelievable as a writer and a producer and a director. And how he got there is that he bites the bullet and does dumb shit that sucks for his friends, knowing yeah. damn well that this movie sucks, but he still shows up and he does it. And it's not good. (laughs) He tried. You know what I'm saying? Like, he did it. What's your favorite part of Four Christmases? (laughs) My favorite part of Four Christmases is looking up
1: on Wikipedia right now. That movie made $163 million Ah! at the
0: box office. Ah, It's burning my face. (laughs) Uh. Look, this is something we should talk about just a little bit of like as the Christmas episode. As we said, maybe only with the exception of Halloween, Christmas As a marketing tool, there has never, ever been anything like this, though, where specifically if you market a holiday, right, that people will go see it because of a holiday. There isn't another version of this. And granted, I'm not going to say any culture because I don't know. But in American culture, in Western European culture, I can't think of another element where if you make a movie about the 4th of July or I don't know, no one cares. Flag day. (laughs) <laughs> exactly like Bastille day no one cares like no one gives a shit no one Forrest Whitaker day <laughs> I'm fine with that but that'd still, be huge that'd be huge but no one would care two I, things yeah not to cut you off sorry no no, no, I just wanted, no uh, uh, yeah
1: the budget of this movie yes hit me because oh boy Reese Witherspoon got 20 million dollars oh yeah and I'm sure Vaughn got he got 20 million dollars He might have been the executive producer too at that point 80 million dollars for that movie. And then this is the part so that's blowing my brain. mind right now. The cinematographer was Jeffrey L. Kimball, okay, who shot Top Gun, Beverly Hills Cop 2, and Revenge, all for Tony Scott, Curly Sue, True Romance, The Specialist, Wild Things Stigmata, Mission Impossible 2, Star Trek Nemesis, Paycheck. Wow. The Be Cool Glory Road.
0: This fucking piece of shit. <laughs> The Expendables. Hey, man. Get yourself that paycheck. Yeah, Four Christmases is bad. Yeah. And if you're a big Four Christmases fan, I apologize. I'm sorry about what happened to you as a child that made you this way. I'm sorry. Go listen to that Joe Rogan person. It leads also kind of into mine, which I think the reason that movies like Four Christmases got made was because of a movie that came out, which I'm going to toss this out there as a come at me because I know it is a beloved movie. A beloved movie. It is called Love Actually. It is one of the stupider movies (laughs) I have ever witnessed in the history of my life. It starred some of my favorite actors. Oh, yeah. Everybody's in this. Doing things that made me cringe. I cringed more at that movie than if you would have made a two-hour version of the sequence in Jeopardy where they asked the contestants questions. It's rough. I want to see that movie. (laughs) honestly. There's a part where Rick from Walking Dead shows up to his buddy's house to hit on his wife with a Bob Dylan poster board bunch of horse shit that has been turned into a meme. And I was like, that's your friend's wife. He was the best man. <laughs>
1: Holy shit. And I was supposed to think this is cool? <laughs> you know the problem with this movie is? Right. Nobody realizes All the characters in this are severely depressed, Mm. sad people. This guy is in love with his best friend's wife and decides to stand there with poster boards and be a douchebag and then go home and just expect that to never come up again and him just to be a sad sack of shit. Hans Gruber is married to Emma Thompson. (laughs) He's like sort of cheating on her, but not really. And then there's just like, A solid two minutes of Emma Thompson crying. Yep. And then you have Liam Neeson, whose wife just died, giving tips to his son. About how to be racist. About how to be a racist (laughs) Irish actor and also how to pick up a chick who has the same name as his fucking mom, man. Martha. Why'd you say
0: that name? (laughs) I had to bring it up because- there's plenty of movies you could just like dunk on. I think there's a Air Bud that's like a Christmas Air Bud or something that are just, they're Any, made to be schlock. Those Tim Allen movies. Yeah. Oh, totally. You know what's funny is the original Santa Claus is kind of funny. It's not great. I watched it. They wrote jokes. Yeah. I was young. I watched it with my cousins at my dad's parents' house. It was fine. You know what I'm saying? It didn't enrage me at any point. You know what I'm saying? Like, goddamn, Love Actually did over and over again. I was like, he's trying to fuck up. That guy, like, what the? (laughs) It genuinely made me depressed, yeah, kind of, and bummed me the fuck out. And I think at least the element of Christmas movies is that it's supposed to be for the one time of a movie where you give a little bit of Cades, where it's like, this movie is so saccharine and so absurdly hopeful that that's the point. And this movie was like, isn't it crazy? Is it like relationships are all like dumb? Bum, 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 bum. It was very British in that. Meh, happy Christmas, I suppose. Yeah. Like, did Ebenezer Scrooge make this before he? <laughs> also, I got to say, we haven't mentioned any Scrooge stuff. The original George C. Scott- Scrooge, not the original, but like one of the early ones At the end, always in the Scrooge story Where he wakes up and is good now And you know that he's good Because he opens a window and yells at a child And goes, what day is it? And he's like, Christmas Day And then he throws money at him And he's like, now buy me a turkey, boy I'm good now I ordered that homeless street agent to do bidding for me Like, what? Makes no goddamn sense.
1: <laughs> like before he was throwing money and not tipping. Yeah. And now he's throwing in like an extra yeah. couple of fucking pounds. I I'm think.
0: cool now. Yeah. I'm still rich and you're not poor person, but I'm cool now. My Mercedes is fully electric. <laughs> At least I love the Bill Murray Scrooged. I have to put it out there. It's one of my absolute favorite movies in general. It has the mega happy ending. You know what I'm saying? I don't the- like the mega happy ending of that. <laughs> I know how he sounds.
1: <laughs> it's a great fucking horror movie, yeah. and then you got this ending where it's like, "Oh, I see Jesus," and I know he doesn't see Jesus. <laughs> he just sees the power of Christmas, and yes. also he gets fucking cremated in the goddamn movie, I and love then he's brought back. Of course, you're gonna be fucking nice
0: guy after that. There is a part where Lee Majors shoots up, and fuck inter- yeah, he does <laughs> a bunch of elves. Scrooge is amazing. There's a part where one of his friends he finds him frozen to death. I mean, it's some dark ass shit. He's not a friend. He's a homeless guy. He talks shit to. That is also correct. Yeah. They think that he is Richard Burton, which I. He is a great Richard Burton. Do it for us, Dick. I think we're going to go into just our holiday mayhem round here where any other picks you have, Nick. For instance, I'll just toss one out here. It's a movie I like to reference every Christmas special It's a movie that I watch every Christmas. It's a movie I've forced many people to watch. I don't know if other people really find it funny. As it is bad, I will acknowledge that. But it is a movie called Jingle All the Way, starring the Terminator. Unless he's trying to get a word he cannot pronounce, a turbo man. I have to get the turbo man from a song. I can't (laughs) understand
1: why you... This movie's not bad, (laughs) but it's a man with thick Austrian accent <laughs> who's mostly a robot acting across from Anakin Skywalker <laughs> and Sinbad and Sinbad Sinbad's amazing in this. Oh, I know Sinbad is Denzel
0: Washington in this and he's stuck with it's a the te- rest of the cast of virtuosity. It's a Testament as to what we said though, of how there were a whole bunch of movies in which, Sylvester Stallone saw Arnold Schwarzenegger make movies that were comedies that were successes. And then a bunch of other action stars were like, I can also be a comedy star. And it just doesn't work. Like there's something about Arnold where he is actually amusing. It doesn't. He's charming. Yes. When he's screaming like an idiot with a stupid Austrian. It's funny. (laughs) Or at the very least is bizarrely entertaining. When you have. Like Stallone, for instance, like, I'm going it's called, it's a movie it's called Oscar and I'm the dad, I guess. And it's a comedy. And you're like, this doesn't work. The main
1: difference between
0: him and Schwarzenegger and
1: Schwarzenegger and all these other people is that Schwarzenegger has a self awareness. Yeah. He knows his image is ridiculous. <laughs> He's a giant man covered in muscles, talking about smoking weed coming yes. and killing Sarah Connor. <laughs> He is... And he has an Austrian accent. Yeah. It's like he's a fever dream as a person. Yes. And nothing he does makes sense, but it all makes sense. Yes. And he is enjoying every fucking second of it. And that's what comes through. Even in his bad movies, if he's having fun, the audience has fun. Agreed. So this movie, and I realize this is... A, I, no. no offense. No. It's so fucking stupid. So fucking stupid. So stupid. So stupid. But you have Phil Hartman... Yeah, him, Rita, will- oh. all these people. Oh my god, Phil Hartman's trying to sleep with his wife. Oh my <laughs> god, I love it. It's this.
0: This movie is fun. Yes, that's its appeal. Nobody is more fun than Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it truly has. Unlike, I don't think Four Christmases will ever become this. I don't think Jack Frost will ever become this because they're not fun. But Jingle All the Way panned at the time, a fail. It has truly become a cult classic. It is now on a lot of the cable channels as a Christmas movie. Those toys that they put out of the Turbo Man that no one bought at the time are now collectible because as more people watch this movie, different generations watch it, they still find it amusing as shit. They find it insane. They buy the Turbo Man. (laughs) I want to bring up one last thing. Yes. And I know this is
1: every podcast or everyone who's ever Watch this movie has brought this up. His fucking father is like some six foot five muscle bound guy with a thick Austrian accent talking into a drive through microphone, <laughs> and the only thing covering up just his eyes is a clear orange piece of glass. <laughs> and he has no idea his fucking father. And he goes, <laughs> "You have a real life, Tom, And He takes <laughs> off his helmet and he goes. Dad, it was you the whole time, and he goes, "Yes, oh my kid needs special ed." Like this and is George Lucas is
0: like, "This is the man." That's it. He's the, the child along. man to save my franchise. He is an idiot, child. <laughs> Sorry, Jake Lloyd. I, you, you suffered enough. I, but but the fact that he sucked in that movie. Too. Yeah, he's not good. No, dead.
1: Ugh. It's a turbo man Is like, a turbo man for you Oh man okay You can put a blindfold on And guess which one of them Is speaking
0: <laughs> You're totally right The visor is clear through It's very clearly yeah. your dad It's like when your uncle Dresses up like Santa Claus And everyone plays along You know damn well It's your yeah. uncle But Santa it's, Claus is not drink Miller Lite Exactly it's fun It's a joke My uncle's dressed up Like Santa yeah. Claus like, And he's handing out presents Okay it's fun oh, It's a joke My dad's turbo man My dad's turbo man Right like the kid Should be self The fact that he's not It's the most upsetting Yeah you know he's not his kid. <laughs> he's Phil Hartman's it's kid. He's Phil Hartman's <laughs> kid. I just went back
1: with my family. It's your family to begin with. And I will not tell Tom you said hello. <laughs> with that, what is another one in your holiday roundup movie? My miscellaneous pile includes the, I forgot this was a Christmas movie Ooh. until I Googled it. Brazil. Oh, yeah. Brazil is an amazing mm-hmm. movie. And also... It fits mm-hmm. into my weird mm-hmm. gothic oh, yeah. Christmas atmospheric thing. This is like brutalism. Yeah. An extent of nothing else. This movie is magic. Literally magic. Yeah. It's amazing. I love Terry Gilliam. Love Terry Gilliam. Robert De Niro's in this. He's amazing. The lead actor. I love this fucking dude. He's such a weird
0: person. Um, well, you look at Terry. Gilliam- Jonathan Price. Yes. Jonathan Price is the best. Yes. Gilliam has that way. Like with early Burton of. Creating another universe. Yeah. It's, it's a whole other world. It's not like anybody else's movies. It's preposterous.
1: And you got Catherine Helmold, Ian Holm, Bob Haskins.
0: Ian Holm. Michael fucking Palin. R.I.P. Ian I. Richardson. R.I.P. most of those people, but man, I love that movie. Yeah.
1: This is Terry Gilliam's Blade Runner. Yeah. There's like three different endings of this movie. His actual version is obviously the best. It's, yeah. It is very like... Dystopian. Oh, yeah. It's one of the best dystopian movies ever. But also, the whole thing takes place like two days before Christmas. <laughs> it's the weirdest. It is. It's like if you have anxiety about the holidays, this is the movie <laughs> that is all about that. It is true. It's true. It's some weird future that nobody belongs to, and it's a lot to watch. I recommend not <laughs> watching it. This is not a personal thing. I'm mushrooms right before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not the best idea. True. Wait till like July. Maybe it is. I don't <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mushrooms do whatever you maybe want. maybe not so
0: much. But like- Wait, what? Maybe not mushroom, but like smoke a little weed. Yes. And drink a little whiskey and watch- Yes. Brazil, that right before Christmas, that's kind Perfect. of- Perfect, it's yes. amazing. Yeah. Or if you do, microdose. Yeah, totally. Any hallucinogens, I've never been able to really watch movies. Like one time, I don't know what the statute of Limitations is on this, but uh, when the original Transformers came out, I worked at Dick's Last Resort, And a bunch of the moron children who worked with me there were like, we're going to take acid and go see Transformers. And I was like, okay. And I dropped acid with them. And I was sitting in the theater. And about 20 minutes into the movie, the acid started to really kick in. And I started to fly. And I was like, I'll be back. And uh, I walked out of my seat. And I just wandered around downtown Chicago for like four hours. (laughs) And smoked cigarettes and like looked at stuff. It was like, oh, oh, like I had no intention of sitting in a theater, like in a seat while you're peeking on acid. No, thank you. I literally was like, I'm out of here. I'll see you guys later. But okay, that's enough for me. But Transformers, not a holiday movie. I'm so glad you brought up Terry Gilliam. I suppose in the same spirit, one of the ones I was going to bring up was John Waters. John Waters has several movies that have Christmas in them that are fun. Female Trouble being the most crazy Christmas movie of all time. Gremlins. I bring up gremlins a lot. Yeah. I think that we were discussing maybe at some point doing a Christmas horror episode in the future. So maybe saving it for that as it's yeah one of the great Christmas quote unquote horror movies of all time. But I don't know what else is in your roundup, Nick. L.A. Confidential. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, oh, I sent it to you. What does he say? What's his? Uh,
1: Rolo Tomasi. Rolo Tomasi. Yeah. And he dies. Yeah. Oh, man. This movie, I still remember the moment I watched it. It was crazy. And Curtis Hanson directed it. R.I.P. R.I.P. Like, he had. Underrated as fuck. Underrated as fuck. And also a very diverse filmology. Wonder Boys is amazing. It's another one of my favorite movies. This is based on the James Elroy novel. The cast in this. Somebody who has done a bunch of shady shit with dudes. We're not going to mention that. And then Russell Crowe. He is great in it, though. I'm sorry. Yeah. Russell Crowe, Guy Pearce, James Cromwell, David Strathairn, Kim Basinger. Danny fucking DeVito is so good in this. Oh, yeah. As the
0: photographer. Oh, my God. This movie is simply fantastic. It looks amazing. It's also very surprising. Lots of interesting twists that make sense that are not telegraphed, that are not necessarily what you were thinking. Interesting stuff. all organic. Yeah. Nothing is rushed. Nothing is
1: forced. The
0: guy who did the cinematography
1: on this – Is Dante Spinati, who directed a few movies you and I like, and uh, Mr. Tepp's, especially because he works with Michael Mann a lot. He did
0: Manhunter, The Last of the Mohicans, and Heat. Ooh, it does look really good. I would also make the argument that it was at this really great precipice for, like, Gen X actors, right? Where this is right at the moment of the peak for Spacey. Obviously, but also for like Gladiator and Guy Pierce and all of these like Gen X actors who are in this movie. It was the first one where I really said to myself, I was like, man, Russell Crowe in this movie is like (laughs) really interesting. And obviously, Kim Basinger is amazing in it. Yeah. And it has all the noir tropes, but then mixes it with Hollywood weirdness. And it's not what you expect. Strangely, it's dark as fuck, but not. As sad and slow as your usual noir. There's a sense of actual justice in this movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it kind of makes it a fantasy film.
0: (laughs) An L.A. cop standing up against everybody. Yeah. (laughs) You're hilarious, Elroy. Is The Nice Guys a sequel to L.A. Cop Potential? Kind of. That's what he ends up becoming. Kind of like it. Fat. But it's the 70s. Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Also, it's a great period piece. It is. It's fantastic. What's the name of the place where everybody gets murdered? The Nighthawk or the Nighthawk murders? Yeah. Wild. And I will
1: remember this guy yelling this for the rest of my life, just the part where, because of course, there's a bunch of fucking racist cops in there. Oh, yeah. And they got the young black guy just like, I didn't kill
0: anybody. Just the way he screams it. Yeah. I will remember that the rest of my life. And- The part where they go to the guy who's the boxer who's hanging out on his porch and they lie to him about getting his brother out of jail and they just lie to him to get him to tell them – It just – and those are even the good guys and they just straight up lied to him. And it might have been the first movie I ever saw that – where the police are, if nothing else, extremely complicated. The whole concept of law enforcement is messed up. And I don't want to spoil anything, but that end sequence too where – It's like the whole thing culminates, but then it culminates in this crazy, weird shootout scene where your protagonists are trapped in a building and then people who you weren't expecting come and try to kill them. It's very wild. I just watched it recently. Oh, nice. I've literally, because you asked me what Spacey says when he
1: dies. It just sort of popped in my head one day when I was, I was getting baklava out of a display
0: case. Also, just, I don't think they ever even say it in the movie, but then, when that's said to Guy Pierce, he knows that Jack Vincennes was smart enough to tell him a code word. Yeah, that if this name comes back to you, it's not a real name. That guy who says it to you is the murderer. Yeah. Like, I was like, that's a nice piece of you know. And they don't telegraph it. When Guy Pierce hears that, you just see his eyes, and it's like, oh, it's you. Oh man, that's. So solid. Any other roundups? Uh Last one I got is Tangerine. Ooh, I don't know what that is. The Led Zeppelin song? I do like that song. I agree. No, it's the
1: Sean Baker film about trans sex workers in LA and the people who are their Johns. Interesting. It was shot in an iPhone. It's got a energy that feels like it's a documentary. Because it basically is. It's crazy. Yes. It's an amazing movie. It's super fucking sad, but before it's super fucking sad, it's hilarious. <laughs> and Ziggy from The Wire season two. Oh, yeah. Shows up in it at the very end. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it was fantastic. Sean Baker went on to do the Florida project, and he has a movie coming out called Red Rocket, where uh, oh, Simon yeah. Simon Rex is an ex-porn star who goes home. Does look wild. It I I looks great. See yeah. Red Rocket. <laughs> but uh Tangerine is just like Florida project. I'm sure the next movie is it's like this weird semi sweet sad. It's just people in their lives at Christmas and it's just honest and it's,
0: it's something it's great. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to take your recommendation. I just have to toss out Shane black and all of the Shane black movies that all take entire place, filmography that all take place at Christmas. Some of them like lethal weapon are better than others. Some are not good. (laughs) Some of them are better than like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yes. Uh, The nice guys, the last scene. I mean, he's always going to have a little Christmas in it. Yeah. Obviously, I'm going to toss out Home Alone again. I just love Home Alone. It's John Hughes and Chris Columbus. It still stands up. It's another one of those ones that still stands up. It's stupid as shit. It's cartoonish. But it's not so stupid that it's when John Hughes was on, truly on, he could make Ferris Bueller. He could make Home Alone. I mean, make stuff that was... Just mind boggling of like, how did you know that America wanted to see this? Well, he knew that with Home Alone because people love professional wrestling. And also that he said to himself, okay, die hard, right? But, with a kid. But with a kid and the stakes aren't as high and it's Christmas and it's about family. Like the concept of it is RIP, John Hughes. Yeah. RIP, one of the great. Chicago artists, I appreciate that you were just a Chicago suburban guy who literally took over Hollywood with just having good ideas that people didn't even know that they wanted to see. We'll have a John Hughes episode at some point. It didn't always work. No. And it didn't always age well. No. But when it does, I think Hughes has at least like definitely two classics, if not three or four. And that's, I'm going to say, one more than most that filmmakers. and very true. And two Especially more, from the 80s. Yes, and two more than the vast, vast majority. So, yeah, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Any other takes, Nick, for your Christmas? I Christmas? just want to send a quick shout out yeah. to
1: the middle 10 minutes of Mean Girls that yes. takes place on Christmas. Oh, hell yeah. When that fucking dude gets kicked in the face at the boom box. <laughs> it is still hilarious. I also saw that movie's in theaters. <laughs> on a weird date after I told my sister I'd wait to the weekend to see it with her and her friends. And then we went and I get to the part with the talent show where, uh, right before Damien goes, don't look at me. I literally could not stop laughing. She goes, what's wrong with you? I was like, watch this. It's the best part. And then her friends all leaning over and you fucking saw this.
0: <laughs> so shout out to the Christmas scene in mean girl. Absolutely. I think, yeah, going into Christmas scenes, that becomes a whole different it's like a whole two-hour thing
1: involving way too much coffee and cigarettes than either one of us can handle anymore. It's definitely true.
0: Neither is brought A Christmas Story, which I think is good.
1: It's fine. I've never seen the whole thing. I don't give a fuck about that movie. I like when the Santa Claus steps on the kid. Yeah. Shoot your eye out, It's a great gif. I don't need to watch the movie. It's got some,
0: I don't know. It's fine. If you're looking for super old movies, still to this day, I like a total saccharine moron will sit there and watch all of it's a wonderful life. I still think Fred Capra is a genius. I cry at that fucking movie. It's absurd. It just hits you right in the guts, right in the American guts. There's nothing you can do about it. Your life does matter. It does. I don't care what anybody says. It doesn't matter. Even if you're a big loser, like George Bailey, your life still does matter. Huge fucking loser (laughs) ass moron like George fucking Bailey. Also, if you're going to jump off a bridge and a quote unquote angel shows up, that guy, look, it's just the president of the George (laughs) Lloyd fan club. (laughs) It's just that guy is just another method who's there to hang out with you. But he's a fun guy.
1: Why'd you follow me into the water? (laughs) I thought maybe he
0: had some change on you. Also, bankers are scumbags. Well, team, it's been a very Merry Christmas. I hope you have a great holiday. I hope you get all the gifts that you've demanded from Santa. Hanukkah at the moment, I believe, is over. But happy Hanukkah to everybody of the true faith of the chosen people. And- I'm not going to say it because he does not have a microphone to correct me. <laughs> happy any holiday you celebrate. Have a grand old time. Happy Festivus for the rest of us. Happy- it's your heritage. Or
1: happy Atheist Weekend. Because you don't care.
0: Yeah, if you don't do shit and you just uh, hang thanks, out. Thanks for listening food. to this. And everything's closed down. Eat some food. Hang out. Fuck it. Yeah. But still maybe watch Jingle all the way because it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> That's if maybe the most atheist Christmas movie of all time.
1: <laughs> Honestly, I think if, if you're an atheist and you have nothing to do this, this <laughs> holiday weekend, do the mushrooms.
0: Watch Brazil. That's true. I agree. Try to climb out of a desk. If you eat the mushrooms though, also if you have the urge while you're watching it to just wander off into the woods, do that too. Cuz you know, you'll see faces in the trees. It's fun. You know it's a fun, a surprisingly
1: fun movie to watch on mushrooms and mm. we didn't bring up is a Christmas movie a little bit. Ooh, Little Women. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't do it on purpose. It no, just happened. No. Titanic. Oh my god,
0: no. <laughs> I only watched the first half. Did something bad happen? <laughs> yeah, Billy Zane's career sucks. <laughs> Billy Zane breaks through the door.
1: Also, Giants who can't get through the door. I'd be so happy to see Billy Zane. Oh, I know. Billy Zane, come on the show. Come on the show. Oh, my God. Billy Zane Somebody, still gets work. If you're listening to this, chances are we know you. But yeah. if you're that one person in Columbus, Ohio, who has all of these on repeat, Yeah, shout out. Shout out to you. Yeah. Look through your phone book. You know Billy Zane. Do you give, know Billy Zane? Get us them up. on this show. We will give you
0: a steak dinner. <laughs> It'll be a steak the size of a toilet seat. Yeah. All right, We're team. Mail it to you. <laughs> we love you. It's been a very merry Christmas. I'm Alex Bonner with, of course, the lovely Nicholas Souter and super producer Brian Taps. Here's the Blockbuster Film School and uh, like and subscribe, all that kind of fun shit. Thank you for listening and Merry Crimbus, Happy New Year, and we'll see you next week.